Thursday, June 7th, and it is voting day. So this is a special episode. It will not follow the same format as our regular shows. We're going to be discussing all things Ontario election. So before we go into today's special episode, a little reminder to watch my series, The Abortion Debate, which is on YouTube or on my website. This week's episode is called You Can't Force Your Religion on Me. So what do you say as a pro-life person when you're told to stop forcing your religion? Well, go over to my YouTube channel and check that out. There's also eight other great episodes like What About in the Case of Rape or It's Only a Fetus or I'm Pro-Choice. So check all of those videos out. Um, I made them really as a way to help people who are wanting to speak out for life, but they're not really sure how to do that. So go over there uh, to the website or to my YouTube channel, both Laura Lee Siemens. You can find them there, and hopefully they are of help to you. Okay, so it's election day. I hope you are out there if you're in Ontario and voting. Since some people who listen to this podcast are actually from the States, I have a few things I have to explain so that you can understand our election. So our system here in Canada is very similar to England's system, so it's a lot different than the Americans. Here are the parties that we have. So we have the Liberals, and that is like your Democrats. We have the Conservatives that are like the Republicans, except for they're not as conservative as Republicans. I wish we had a party that was as conservative as Republicans, but we don't. Um, we have the NDP that are a straight-up socialist party. So think Bernie Sanders would say that they are too extreme. Okay, that's our NDP party. We have a party called the Green Party, which is just a bunch of tree-hugging environmentalists that usually get one or two seats somewhere, but don't really um, do anything. Okay, so here's how it works. Each party votes for a leader of the party, and then each party runs candidates in all of the different ridings. So if you win a riding, you get a seat, and it's an actual literal seat in the legislature. And the party with the most seats wins. And the leader of that party then becomes the premier. So in the election that I'm going to go out and vote for today, I will not actually be voting for the premier. I will only be voting for the person in my area. And uh, if that person gets seat, then hopefully that will help their party get the most seats. And then we will have a new premier. All right. So the party in first place becomes the leading party. The party in second place becomes the opposition. And the leader of that party is called the leader of the opposition. So if a party wins majority, that means that if the House was to vote on something, there's so many in your party with seats that you will win every vote. So, But if a party wins minority, that means they have more seats than any one particular party, but all the other parties combined have more seats than them. So in a vote, you have to get the other parties to vote with you. Another term Americans don't understand all the time is hydro. So since we get our electricity from water source, we call our electricity hydro. Even though we actually get a lot of it now from wind and the sun, we still call it hydro because that's what we're used to calling it. Okay, so those are just a few things for you to know before we get into today's episode. Okay, so my husband and I were married in 2002, and that was the only year of our marriage that we lived under a conservative Ontario government. So in 2003, one year into our marriage, Dalton McGinty took over the office and the Liberals took charge of Ontario. So McGinty actually became a politician when his father died suddenly of a heart attack in 1990. And Dalton decided to run for his father's office and take his father's chair, and he won the election. 
However, the NDP won the actual election, election, so Dalton ended up in the office as opposition. In 1995, Dalton won his seat again, but this time the Conservatives took over the province with Mike Harris, and Dalton was once again in the office as the opposition. Then in 2003, Dalton won his seat again, but this time his party, the Liberals, did win the election, and he became the Premier. He was the 24th Premier of Ontario. Dalton won with a majority government. This was mostly because of the unions. They were really upset with, the, with all the cuts. The Conservatives had to make an order to try to fix Ontario after the NDP had had control. And there was also a hydro problem. So Mike Harris privatized Ontario's hydro. As a libertarian, I'm totally for privatizing companies. The more we privatize, the better. But in this case, everything went to Hydro One. There was no competition, and competition is needed to have a truly capitalistic free market. So yes, it was privatized, except not really, because the government still controlled it with all kinds of regulations and crazy taxes. So people were really mad that Hydro was privatized, and that was a huge reason Dalton won the election. Then, in the next election, Dalton won again with the majority government. So under Dalton, taxes went up, the cost of living went up, in the name of environmentalism, hydro prices went up, gas prices went up, and a whole bunch of stuff that was covered under our OHIP, which is our Ontario health card, was suddenly not covered anymore. So things like we used to be able to get our eyes checked and all kinds of stuff like that, none of it was covered anymore. Then Dalton decided to cancel two projects that had, he had started. So they were, he was going to build two natural gas power plants, and he just canceled them. So canceling them ended up costing $950 million. Okay, so can Ontario people paid with our tax dollars $950 million to not get two natural gas power plants? So we literally paid $950 million for nothing. All right, February 2003, Dalton resigns. I remember this really well. I was actually in the States at a conference when the news came across Twitter. I was so excited. I immediately told all the Canadians around me, and they were so excited. Hopefully, this would mean finally the end of the Liberals in Ontario. But we were wrong. It was about to get so much worse. So Kathleen Wynne ran in the place of Dalton as the head of the Liberal Party, even though she'd been part of the team that lost the $950 million. She still won the election, and even worse, she won with a majority government. So three elections in a row for the Liberals with a majority government. That had not been done in 70 years. Okay, so Wynne is a radically social leftist, radically. If you think of any of the Democrats that you have in the States and how socially left they are, she is far more socially left than any of them. She decided she's going to change the sex ed curriculum. And many parents were in an uproar because the sex ed became so radical overnight. Then the creator of the sex ed curriculum was arrested because he was teaching parents how to sexually abuse their children in an online platform. He is currently in prison for teaching people how to sexually abuse their children, and he created the sex ed that's being taught in our schools, and the sex ed was not pulled. 
underwent a law was passed that said you can't adopt or foster if you're not pro-LGBTQ plus movement. Also, if a child decided that they're transsexual and they wanted to undergo treatment, if you as a parent did not agree to this, your child would be taken away from you and you would be considered an abuser. So a lady named Tanya Allen became a huge advocate for the socially conservative voice and began speaking out against the sex ed and the laws that seemed to be taking away religious freedoms. Her group was called PAPE, or Parents as First Educators, and it became very popular and the only voice really that was speaking out on these issues. So the conservatives needed a new leader and two people became front runners, Patrick Brown and Christine Elliott. Everyone was sure Christine Elliott was going to win. Patrick, Brand, Patrick Brown ran as a socially conservative candidate. He was endorsed by Tanya Allen and other people who were specifically trying to get rid of the new sex ed curriculum. This was the first time I joined a political party. I joined specifically to vote for Patrick Brown, and I even got other people to join the party to vote for Patrick Brown. I was so happy when he won. However, that happiness was short-lived as it turned out he was not socially conservative and he ended up voting for the new sex ed curriculum. He was a huge disappointment all around. It seemed like he voted with the Liberals on every social issue. Under the Liberals, life in Ontario went downhill fast. We thought Dalton was bad, but Wynn was so much worse. Okay, in the States, I hear all the time about how bad California is and how the debt is bad and how everything over there is just horrible. If we had the debt California had, we would be so happy. We would, oh my goodness, it would be so much better if we had California's debt. I'll give you an example here. California has a debt of $144.8 billion. Ontario has a debt of $267.5 billion, and we have way less people. California's debt is a little over 7% of their GOP, okay? So let me say that again so you can hear it clearly. California's debt is over 7% of their GOP. Seven. Ontario is almost 41% of our GOP. Like, it's ridiculous. If every person in California um, was to give about $4,000, so every person, your baby, your old person, every single person gives $4,000, California would have their debt gone. But in Ontario, every single person would have to give almost $21,000. That's re that's crazy. I mean, can you think that every you were born in Ontario and you start off life owing $21,000. Listen to this though. Every 30 days, we spend $1 billion just on interest. We could build a brand new hospital every 30 days just with the money we're spending on interest here in Ontario. That's how crazy horrible it's gotten here under the Liberal government. And we could use that help with our hospitals. They're all run here by the government. We're supposed to be proud of our healthcare system, but it's horrible. You have to wait sometimes over a year for a surgery. There are hospital beds in hallways because we don't have hospitals big enough for the amount of people who need them. In the States, they have some hospitals that nobody wants to go to because those are the ones that have to take everyone. All of our hospitals are like those hospitals. It's horrible. And gas is crazy expensive. It cost me almost $100 to fill up my van last week. Hydro is so bad that many people in Ontario can't even afford to have hydro. 
we pay more based on the time of day that you're using it, which is crazy, but the time that it's somewhat feasible and like not deathly expensive is seven at night till seven in the morning. So a lot of families are not eating supper until late at night because families can't afford to make supper until after seven. This is a really huge pet peeve of mine actually because I'm home during the day and not in the evening. So I end up doing laundry really late at night, sometimes 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. That makes me super annoyed when I could have been doing it during the day. So why the sudden height and cost? Well, it's all about the environment. Somehow taking all my money is gonna help the environment. The cost going up is supposed to make people use less hydro and not drive their cars. But what it's making us do is vote. Like today, we're gonna to vote out this government that is making us do all these crazy things. Okay, so in 2018, this year, finally, the year of the election, we're all ready for this election. We can't wait, gotta get rid of this liberal government. And then January 25th, I wake up to the news that Patrick Brown, the leader of the Conservative Party, had resigned. And I wasn't sad, because like I said, Patrick Brown was kind of a huge disappointment to conservatives. But that was just the beginning. These women came forward with allegations against Brown. It's part of the whole Me Too movement. Now, there's two ways to look at these allegations, morally and legally. So the girls said they were over the age of 18, so it was legal. But he was in his 30s, and they said they were still in high school at the time, so not moral. He gave them drinks, but he didn't drink himself, so he was sober, and they were not legal, not really moral. He had sexual encounters with them, but he stopped when they asked him to legal but since he wasn't married to them not moral but although to clarify he wasn't married at all so he wasn't cheating on his spouse but that doesn't make it moral i'm just pointing it out for clarification in fact nothing that came out from these stories was actually illegal but the whole thing was super immoral but that kind of put christians into a bind i mean can you vote for someone who's clearly walking a border between being a sexual predator just barely keeping himself legal I mean, I wouldn't be able to vote for that. So Brown's handlers all quit in a matter of hours after the girls came forward and he stood up on a platform by himself, gave his quitting speech. It was actually really sad. So here's an interesting cultural question. Ever since I've been in high school, there's been, I've been told there's no problem with consenting adults having sex. The idea that sex should be saved for marriage is considered old fashioned and ridiculous. And yet now Brown is a predator for doing just that. So he was a single man having sexual encounters with legally aged girls. Although the girls were saying, hey, they weren't really into it. They didn't actually tell him they weren't into it until they were already participating in it. They also said once they told him they weren't into it, he stopped. So while his actions go against God's standards of morality, he seemed to be fitting into the standards, or I should say the lack of standards that culture has set up. Either way, he was out. So the Conservatives had to get a new leader and fast. So here are the candidates the Conservative Party came up with. Christine Elliott, who lost to Brown in the last Conservative leadership race. Tanya Allen, who we talked about earlier, who is a huge voice for parental rights in the schools. Doug Ford, whose brother was Rob Ford, who had been the mayor of Toronto and been caught doing crack and later died of cancer. And there was Caroline Mulroney, she was the daughter of a past conservative prime minister, Brian Mulroney, who was, in my opinion, the worst conservative leader in history. He gave us new tax that we still have today, and he also solidified abortion in Canada. So when I first heard Doug Ford was running, my first thought was no, please, no. 
for the love of all that is good, please do not run in this election. But to be fair, that was a thought I had when Trump was running for the Republican Party leadership. And once I gave him a chance, I kind of changed my mind on him. So I did some listening. I listened to an interview from Doug Ford, and I kind of liked what he had to say. Lower taxes, lower the minimum wage, put people first. I liked that. So he began to grow on me. And I liked Tanya Allen because she believed strongly in parents being the first educators of, her, of their children. And that was really important to me. So the race was on. Then, I'm telling you, this whole thing has been like a soap opera. So then it turned out the girls had actually lied about Patrick Brown. They weren't in high school when Brown bought them drinks at the bar. They were in their mid-20s. So Brown, who was 30, bought drinks at a bar for some girls in their mid-20s. And he was single at the time. This not really a story. That's, that's a big load of nothing. And then the girl who said she was involved with Brown and he took her upstairs to her bedroom. Except it turns out he lived in a one-floor open-concept apartment. So he didn't have an upstairs or a bedroom. The whole thing was a lie. So then Brown wanted back into the race. He was going to run for leadership. It was the night of the debate, and then he stepped out of the race again. Oh, my goodness. That was crazy. So then the ballots are all sent to the homes of the Conservative Party members. However, people start complaining because the ballots didn't get to their homes in time. And once you got a ballot, you had to go online, you'd register with the code, then you had to wait for an email. It was such a hassle. Ford was in an uproar. He signed a whole lot of people into the party just so they could vote for him, but many of his supporters were not getting the mail. Or when they did, they couldn't figure out how to register online. He was complaining loudly the election would not be fair, and they needed to extend the voting time to make sure everyone got a chance to vote. So the race was on, and then came voting day. Who would win? Well, it was supposed to be announced at 3 o'clock, but it wasn't. Hours came and went nothing. Then we heard Ford and Elliot were locked in a room fighting. Someone was refuting the results. Everyone was pretty sure it was Ford. But then there was this wedding. I mean, you can't even make this up. It's so crazy. So there was a wedding waiting to use the room where the election party was supposed to be held. And it was like 6 o'clock at this point, and they still hadn't announced the winner. So the wedding was like, no, we're using this room. So they kicked everyone out. The balloons are supposed to fall down on the wind on the winter. They just took them down and everyone went home. And who won? No one knew. And so late that night, Ford had a press conference with Tanya Allen and Mulroney by his side. And Elliot was just gone. No one knew where she went. And he was declared the winner. And now it was time for the provincial election to take place. It was only a few months away. The roller coaster ride was just starting. So right from the first debate, it was clear. The Liberals were out. The polls had them so low, it is unclear if they'll receive any seats at all. The Green Party never has a chance, so no one worries about them. So basically, it's down to the NDP and the Conservatives. The Conservatives are way above the NDP, not even close. Basically, it's Ford's race. Unless he does something horribly stupid, he's the easy winner. Then he did something horribly stupid. So the Liberals found a video of Tanya Allen saying things that she always says. She was speaking out against same-sex relationships at a church during a church event. This was nothing new. This is what she stood for and has been open about her beliefs since before Wynn had even won the last election. Ford knew 100% who Tanya was. And most of Tanya's supporters had voted for Ford after he said he was going to drop the sex ed in school. However, on a Saturday night, 
who had pulled Tanya out of the election and refused to let her run for her seat, replacing her with another candidate. Here's the part that's really not very good. Tanya had won the right to run that seat with an election. Conservatives had voted for Tanya to run for that seat. Now, had Tanya's views been a surprise or something she had hidden, that would make sense. However, Tanya ran for her right to be a conservative, being 100% clear on her views. So when Ford pulled her out, that was a sudden red flag and all the conservatives who had been burned by Patrick Brown got really nervous. So suddenly, the NDP jumped up at the polls the same time the conservatives dropped down in the polls and then they were neck and neck. Tanya wasn't the only person Ford dumped suddenly. So there's this other lady named Annawet, and she said in a tweet that Islamism is not a religion but a threat. Ford labeled her a racist and pulled her out of the party as well. It turned out the tweet was part of a thread where Anne was talking to a Muslim who was agreeing with her that Islamism is a political movement that did not represent his religion and that was a threat to democracy and freedom. The Muslim man came to her defense as well as many other Muslims saying Anne is right, but Ford refused to apologize. Ford said that Islamism is something we cannot speak out against. That kind of worried a lot of conservatives, a lot of Jewish people who are not allowed to exist in Islamist regime, regimes, Christians who are persecuted under Islamism, and Muslims who had moved to Canada to escape Islamism. All of them were not happy that the conservative party was not making a distinction between Islam and Islamism. As it turned out, Anne was a survivor of the terrorist attack in Ottawa. And it was that attack that had led her to become friends with the Muslim she was talking to on Twitter when everything went down. So after that happened, the NDP started to actually go ahead of Ford. Then some crazy NDP stuff came out. So one supports Hitler. One said having a job was demeaning. One had a picture of himself standing with a sign that said F the police, except it didn't say F, it said the whole word. One said September 11th was a conspiracy and that Bush was the one who had done the attacks. One released an audio of his sex poems. Two members said that they would not wear poppies on Remembrance Day. And one said our Canadian soldiers were war criminals. On top of all of that crazy, the NDP said that they're going to raise taxes, they're going to make gas more expensive, hydro more expensive, so the NDP dropped a little, but not very much. Then, last Saturday, we had something happen that had never happened in the history of Canada. Kathleen Wynne gave her concession speak a week before the election. She said she had no chance of winning, but don't be afraid to vote for the Liberals because it would be better to have some Liberal seats than none at all. Overnight, the Liberals went up in the polls, not enough to win, but enough to knock the NDP down a little. The Conservatives actually went up in the polls. So, with just four days until the election, the Conservatives were in the lead. Then, Rob Ford's widow sued Doug Ford, saying he took money from the family business that his Ford brothers ran together, and he needed to give money to her and her family. Doug said he had given the amount of money to the family he was supposed to give them and that he was taking care of the family. Seriously, why would this come out just like three days before the election? I mean, what is going on with this family? Okay, then 
With just a few days until the election, the Liberals and the NDP agree to form a coalition if the Conservatives win with the minority. So, here are our options. Today, either Ford wins with a majority or Ford wins with a minority and we have Kathleen Wynne and NDP run the province together. So we will still have Wynne and she won't go away. Or the NDP win with a minority, which means Kathleen Wynne is the deciding vote in anything they do. And so we will have Wynne and she won't go away. Or the NDP win with a majority and Ontario dies. So that's the options. As much as I hate what Ford did to Tanya and Anne, we have to go with option one. So today at nine o'clock, I am voting and I'm gonna be voting for the Conservatives and I am hoping that they win. I have, we'll have a short special podcast late tonight with the ending of this story. Let's all pray the Conservatives win. I'm Laura Lee Siemens, happy election day. Go out and vote and vote Conservative.